Well, hello again from the Grand Estate. My name is Gary, and this is the Restoring Main Street podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. I wanted to share a couple of things with you tonight, as I always do. Uh, these I caught today uh, during my normal podcast listening during my uh, Monday through Friday 40-hour gig that I have. I, uh, I do a lot of listening to uh, podcasts and um, social media posting and thing, things of that nature. So uh, ran across a couple uh, items today in my listening experience that caused me to pause and um, really feel like they should be shared with you if perhaps somehow you might have missed them. And that's entirely possible. Like I said, depending on what your normal intake is for podcasting or social media or you know where you get your information. But regardless of that, these couple of items um, I felt were uh, extremely important. And in keeping with uh, my last few posts in regards to uh, the Restoring Main Street program, uh, I have broken things down into a couple of different segments or themes. And um, this one happens to fall under um, the words matter. Cut myself off a little bit there, but um, words matter. And a lot of what uh, this segment is going to be about uh, each time that you tune in and happen to catch this. It's either the, the way words are being uh, shaped and changed, or in this case, um, I think the meaning is being totally obliviated, twisted to the point where when you say the word freedom, what does that mean to you? I know what it meant to me. I know what it means to me. Growing up, uh, I was pretty clear about what freedom was. Um, probably much to my mother's dismay from time to time, uh, I had assumed freedom that uh, quickly got uh, reprimanded and reminded that, uh, no, no, you're not, you're not quite that free yet. But, you know, we've all experienced that. But, you know, for the sake of understanding, and I don't assume um, anyone is short on the idea of what they think freedom is, and uh, I certainly don't consider any of you incapable of understanding it, but still, uh, because it's trying to be reframed or the narrative changed around the word freedom, is why I share these uh, Webster's definitions when uh, I do these short words matter segments. So I'm going to do the same thing tonight. And if you look at freedom and freedom's definition, the quality or state of being free, such as the absence of necessity, um, coercion, or constraint in choice or action, liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of uh, another. 
pardon me for that hiccup. Basically, independence. The quality of state of being exempt, or at least usually from something onerous. Freedom from care. And the list goes on and on uh, describing freedom. And I think, for the most part, all of us have an idea of what you know, what freedom is supposed to be or what we feel freedom is. But it seems like, like I said, in an effort to change what words mean nowadays, and there is a strong um, effort to do that. And, it, and, and it's, it's based around trying to, like I said, uh, shape a narrative, change people's perspective, uh, and in my mind, to help continue kind of a shaping, uh, grooming of society to accept these changes and the intent of those that are pushing them. So how free do you actually feel? When we bring up the word freedom and we start thinking about uh, social media and what has gone over the last uh, gone on over the last few years, as polarizing as some people feel Donald Trump uh, was and can be, um, his freedoms, uh, freedom of speech has been taken away, basically, um, you know, banned from, from basically Twitter and a lot of social media platforms because he's been uh, deemed an agitator or uh, spouting hate speech, something of, of that ilk. Honestly, I see it as just somebody speaking his mind and um, is the unique thing that is uh, America or used to be America. If you don't like what somebody's saying, if for some reason you don't like what I'm saying, you can change the channel. You don't have to listen. So that's just part of what we're seeing as far as um, the changing of the idea of freedom. The idea of freedom today seems like if you don't want to go along with groupthink, what the mob says, what woke culture considers, you know, uh, the right ideas about what freedom is or how you should think. In other words, an opposing view or, or opposing point of view, well, um, you're not so free anymore. And we see that on social media. And one of the other places, what I'm getting to is a couple of, like I said, um, podcast segments uh, that I saw today, or listened to today, rather. And one of them happened to be um, from The Blaze, uh, uh, Mr. Pat Gray, who's one of Blaze TV's uh, hosts, has a morning program. And he got into this discussion, basically... Um, Talking about what went on, uh, as you can see here, is, is what is theft? Pat Gray calls out despicable FBI seizure of property belonging to innocent citizens. And what the problem um, basically boils down to, um, and, I'll, and I'll read the first part of this, and then I'll uh, switch, actually, uh, the other clip so that you can see what it is that I'm looking at. But uh, the beginning of this whole post here on, if you go to The Blaze, you, uh, you can find this post at The Blaze talking about this incident. 
basically, and unless the federal government uh, intervenes, innocent Americans may never see 85 million in cash, precious metals, or family heirlooms seized by the FBI during a raid on private vaults, USPV uh, vaults. And uh, basically, that's the headline. Let me give you the the other segment of this so I can go ahead and read it and you can follow along with me here. So what it basically boils down to is the uh, USPV was uh, was indicted by uh, by the feds for a conspiracy to sell uh, selling uh, drugs and laundering money which led to the seizure of 800 safety deposit boxes only a few of which were reported to have been included in the search uh, the search warrant now here's the problem they not only seized like I said that that small quantity that was actually part of the search warrant they seized all of the safety deposit boxes, every single one of them, okay? And according to the report, the asset list in uh, seizure notice uh, disclosure, uh, it discloses more than a dozen boxes containing more than one million each in cash and more in six figures, uh, other lists, uh, jewelry, uh, collectible coins, gold, silver, and precious items, uh, which the, some of those precious items were just a nominal figure of like, you know, possibly $1. But the FBI appears to have exceeded the search warrant approved by the court, which prohibits snooping on the box content except to, uh, the identify, to identify their owners in order to notify them about claiming their property. So, um, they basically overstepped the warrant. And it further goes on to say, the report also stated the Institute for Justice, uh, IJ, is seeking class action uh, status for a uh, May lawsuit, several owners alleging shocking, you know, un unconscionable and unconstitutional behavior by the government. The IJ attorney, uh, attorney, excuse me, attorney, uh, Robert Former accused the Fed of an $85 million cash grab from people who were never accused of a wrongdoing. So again, I ask you, how free do you feel? That's just one particular uh, example of people's freedoms being infringed upon. Now, along with that same mindset, if you haven't heard of this, try searching up asset forfeiture. And that basically gives law enforcement certain, um, what I want to say, somewhat legal protections to basically seize your private property and uh, claim it without actually charging you with a crime. If you look at civil asset forfeiture, if you look that up online, you will find several stories of individuals heading across the country with, say, a briefcase full of money, you know, with intent to actually go purchase something in cash, which granted is unusual, but it's not illegal. 
if you want to take $20,000 across the country because you're going to an auto auction and you want to pay in cash for some automobile that uh, you're looking to purchase, as a U.S. citizen, you have the right to do that. And um, stories like this, like I said, feel free to look it up uh, for yourself. You don't have to take my word for these things, but look up these stories. You'll find story after story of assets being seized from law-abiding citizens, never being charged with anything, excuse me, and never getting uh, their property, <clears throat> excuse me, returned to them. So again, I ask you, how free do you feel? And that's just one aspect, that was just one story I heard today that caused me to pause and decide to do uh, this segment on Words Matter about freedom. Because not only will social media, not only with civil asset forfeiture, um, this bank incident uh, with the FBI, um, government overreach is taking more and more of your freedoms every day. So what does freedom actually mean anymore? Now, I'm going to go to another story to try to illustrate the same thing. We've been hearing talk for quite a while now about domestic terrorism. And Joe Biden and his administration have made that every a priority starting from day one. So along with uh, Merrick Garland, uh, they have actually taken a step in the direction of trying to curb um, domestic terrorism. And I guess I know what I feel uh, terrorism is, and I'm sure you understand and know what uh, you feel terrorism is, pretty well defined. Well. Let me, uh, let me just show you this, this particular article and read down through this uh, part of it and try to share this with you and then share some comments and um, suggestions afterwards. So as you can see here, it's basically, this is from The Guardian, by the way, uh, the White House unveils first national strategy to fight domestic terrorism. So the White House has published its first ever national strategy uh, for countering domestic terrorism five months after the violent mob stormed the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Um, basically, the framework released on Tuesday by the National Security Council describes the threat as now more serious than potential attacks from overseas, but emphasizes the need to protect civil liberties. Okay, um, do you really, really think that, given the circumstances, that that's really their biggest concern, is your civil liberties? Sorry if I don't quite maybe agree with that, or think that that's the most prominent thing in their mind when they're talking about of fighting domestic terrorism. And 
just to read on into the article just a little bit further here, uh, the strategy consists of four pillars, efforts to understand and share information regarding the full range of domestic terrorism threats, efforts to prevent domestic terrorists from successfully recruiting, inciting, and mobilizing Americans to violence, efforts to deter and disrupt domestic terrorist activities before it yields violence, long-term issues that contribute to domestic terrorism that must be addressed to ensure that these threats diminish over generations. And here's the kicker to this. And this is where I ask how, feel, uh, how free do you feel? Uh, the prevention aspect includes a focus on working with big tech companies such as Facebook, which has been strongly criticized for allowing right-wing hate groups to thrive and coordinate, including ahead of 6 January of the 6th January uh, insurrection. Okay. They've been using January 6th uh, as a battering ram for a lot of things. Let's get a couple of things straight. Uh, they called it an armed insurrection. I've heard that several times. If you check your social media sources and actually hunt around, there was no arms confiscated, no guns taken during that event from any citizen. And you can search high and low. You won't find anything online that even suggests that. Um, there was no deaths associated with that, with January 6th, except for the one civilian from California who, um, she was basically shot through a doorway, not because she had some type of firearm, um, but as far as I know, that was the only death that actually occurred, um. The Capitol Police officer that died, that was days after, and come to find out, it was related to medical issue and stroke that actually took his life. And that was after, well after, January 6th. So they've been using this, um, like I said, as a battering ram to do a lot of different things. And my concern when we talk about freedom and the way they're framing that, um, they talk about the um, allowing right-wing hate groups on Facebook. All right, um, if we're being honest with each other, it's not right-wing hate groups that Facebook has allowed uh, to run rampant all over their platform. In fact, if you have a more conservative point of view, Facebook basically does its level best to try and curb those opinions, to actually push back on you and throttle those, because it doesn't go along with the narrative, the mob collective, the progressive movement and even the Marxist tendencies that you're starting to hear from a lot of different groups out there that are becoming a whole lot more prevalent. So to say that uh, Facebook has allowed 
right-wing hate groups to just um, post anything on that platform, I think is uh, a huge, huge stretch. And if you're being honest, you know that's the case. And here's the other thing about that as well. The same thing I stated just a few minutes ago during this discussion. If for some reason you don't care for what you're reading, what you're seeing, uh, you can go to another platform. You don't have to read it. You don't have to participate in it. There's nothing that forces you to react to anything that you see. And matter of fact, I'm sure if you're flipping through Facebook or any of the other social media platforms and you see something that just doesn't interest you, you slide right by it. So whether you choose to partake in reading, listening, or engaging in any of those particular posts has always been 100% up to you, or should have been, if we're following 230 all the way to uh, the way it's written. But as we all know, uh, a majority of the social media platforms that are trying to avoid being labeled a publisher are still very much a publisher because they are censoring content that you find on their platforms. So again, with those two different points of view, talking about uh, what happened at the bank and the FBI, what happened to uh, civil asset forfeiture, uh, talking about this um, new move by the White House to actually, what they're saying, to curb domestic terrorism, which sounds more to me, if you're working with big tech, uh, to monitor the general public, is it really that you're trying to curb domestic terrorism? And, and what are we labeling as domestic terrorism at this point? Um, I know from what I've seen on social media and what I hear, it sounds more like um, anything that's conservative speech or an opposition to, like I said, the woke culture, woke culture or what's being discussed now as far as progressive ideals and the mob think Anything that pushes back on any of that, um, could that be labeled as domestic terrorism? Sounds to me like they're trying to mobilize part of the government and getting in bed with big tech in order to do just, excuse me, to do just that. So it certainly reeks of another tool or give a reason to um, harass U.S. citizens to make assumptions. There was even something else mentioned today during the podcast uh, concerning what the White House is doing. It was mentioned that there was going to possibly be a third attempt on uh, a national hotline where citizens could call in to report on activities that they deem as domestic terrorism. So could that be abused in this atmosphere that we are in right now, um, as far as the, the public and social media, could that be abused? Could you report a neighbor that 
basically has a different political point of view than you do and frame it in a way that makes it sound like, you know, he's a threat, like he should be looked into. Um, and it sounds like the government, like I said, is getting in bed with big tech and going to ramp up this whole idea of surveilling the general public. And to me, it sounds more like a way to squelch uh, opposition and opposing point of views than it does a concern for domestic terrorism. And you'll notice that they're the ones framing what domestic terrorism is. No mention of the BLM riots, uh, the riots that happened in Seattle, you know, and the autonomous zone, burning down of and looting of private citizens' businesses. None of that is discussed when you're talking about domestic terrorism. And you can certainly, you can pull up that article at The Guardian and go ahead and read down through that and gather the same opinion that I have, I'm sure. None of that is discussed. The only thing that's mentioned is right-wing hate groups. Sounds like somebody's being targeted to me. And I'm entitled to my opinion, and that's my opinion. So again, I guess what this all boils down to is how free do you feel? Does freedom still have the same meaning that it used to have? You remember what freedom was all about growing up, right? You know, part of that was the idea of you know, growing out of adolescence and becoming an adult, you know, getting your first car, being able to chart your own course and um, make your own decisions. And the government was instituted um, by our forefathers. The intent was to protect those freedoms, not to infringe on them. And a lot of this sounds more to me like more government overreach and a whole lot less freedom. So that's, uh, that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. I want you to uh, consider these things. Feel free to, um, to look up, like I said, the, uh, the White House's new strategy on domestic terrorism, and you can read down through that as well. Check out uh, civil asset forfeiture and how that works. And then ask yourself, how free do you actually feel? All right. Before I let you go, I've got a couple of things that I wanted to run down through. I, uh, as always, I would like you to please uh, support uh, RestoringMainStreet.com. Uh, Go to the website, read the articles that we have posted there. We have like I said, uh, need to amp up the content as of late. But if you haven't been there yet, if you're listening to this for just the very first time, then all of the material there, even it's not even it's not that fresh at the moment, you can go on and check that out. And um, please support us, like the page, join our mailing list because as we start to ramp back up again with the actual 
writing portion of what we know as restoring Main Street or what uh, what you know as restoring Main Street, uh, the articles will come quicker and more frequently and uh, cover a range of topics that I uh, hope you enjoy. Now you can find this podcast on uh, YouTube, uh, BitChute. Uh, I will post a link on uh, Facebook. Uh, I also have an account with Gab, so you'll see this on Gab TV if you want to find it there. And I also, Restoring Main Street has a presence on MeWe as well as Gab. Uh, like I said, I, I have a Restoring uh, Main Street page again on Facebook as well, so the, the link to all of this will be there uh, for you to grab, share, like, all of those good things. And I appreciate if you would, like I said, support us and um, comment, 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 comment. Um, we always want to hear from you and uh, get the get an idea of how you feel about the segments. Now, on a more personal note, I wanted to share this with you. I uh, I do write, and uh, over the last five years or so, I've uh, put pen to paper and been putting together a uh, bit of poetry. And just last week, finally got this published. As you can see, the North Country Chronicles, Poetry and Prose from the Granite State. And you can find this on Amazon. You can find this on Barnes & Noble. So if you go to those two places and would consider buying a copy of this fine piece of literature. I'd be much appreciative. Covers a, a lot of different um, a lot of different topics from patriotism to faith to nature to love. Um, there's even a, 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 a probably a much larger segment in this about um, life questions than you would probably think. But it's all faith-based. It's all um, published by Christian Faith Publishing, and I would certainly appreciate the support if you would consider going to Amazon or going to Barnes & Noble online, either one of those places, and you can find a copy of the North Country Chronicles by yours truly. So that's my first plug for the actual plug plug for the book, so I would appreciate your support. And again, um, as uh, as we always do uh, with this podcast, I try to leave you with, well, three simple ideas. God, freedom, and family. Because if we lose the first two, our families are definitely doomed. So again, support us at the website. Please consider buying a copy of my book. And um, like I said, comment, 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 please. We want to hear from you what you feel about the program, what you feel about uh, the content. And in the not-too-distant future, another long-format podcast will be coming out. Chances are with my good friend Jay, and we'll be talking about um, other things that affect this country and the direction it's going. So please support us, and we thank you, thank you for, for all of that support. So. I'll uh, give you back your evening, and 
Thank you. God bless.